The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 189 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is the political party for people with special needs. So what are the political needs of people with special needs? Well, one political need is influencing politicians, political candidates, and healthcare systems so the communities of people with special needs win understanding of their real needs and win attention to their calls for help to meet their real needs and to enable them to make the very most of their abilities. Another political need is to create positive public attitudes to persons with special needs. And still another political need is to demonstrate to voters the abilities of persons with special needs in ways that portray portray them as persons with abilities, aptitudes and ambitions. All of which is why our topic today, the political party for people with special needs, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Donish Ahmed and Judith Snow. Now, Donish was born a blind Pakistani albino to immigrant parents on welfare. He's been involved in countless model parliaments and special programs like Forum for Young Canadians, Presidential Classroom, The Future World Leaders' Summit, and the inauguration of the then U.S. President Bill Clinton. He's founded a dot-com, written a best-selling book, is a keynote speaker, and is a respected icon in the personal development industry. He has several family members with disabilities, and his family has already been recognized for prompting certain changes to improve law for people with disabilities. And Dunnish is a social media expert, and his love movie, that's its title, has been seen by over a million people. Judith has a Master of Arts degree. She's a visual artist and founding director of Laser Eagles Art Guild, which makes creative activity available through personal assistance to artists with diverse ability. She has a background of 25 years of research, design, and implementation, most notably working with the University of New Hampshire's Institute on Disability. She's trained interviewers to perform in inclusive community environments and participated in analysis and report writing with the National Home of Your Own Alliance 
a 23-state technical assistance program funded through the U.S. Administration for Developmental Disabilities. And Judith does all of this work out of a background of being labeled disabled. So, welcome to the show, Donish and Judith. Hi. Thank you. Great. Well, great to be here. Thank you. Now, I'm straight into the questioning, and I'm going to start with Donish. Please, Donish, tell us more about your personal story. Well, great, I'd love to. Well, for, first of all, I was uh, born in Pakistan uh, with uh, Pakistani parents in poverty. We didn't have any running water or electricity, so it was uh, very challenging to say the least. And um, uh, you know, when we came to Canada, uh, we we were on the welfare system, and so you know, my parents were working two jobs, and there wasn't a lot of um, uh, parenting that they were able to give me, let alone uh, special parenting to help me deal with a disability that they didn't have any experience with. Um, and and I dealt with a lot of different uh, challenges in our society, you know, whether they were academic, not being able to read from the board, or, or social, not being able to look into people's eyes or interact with them. Um, you know, and my disabilities also compound on each other because being an albino, not only uh, am I legally blind and can't see, but I'm also very sensitive to the sun, so I can't be outside for very long, and I get sunburned very quickly, and also I look very different. So people are often uh, stunned or um, surprised and, you know, stare at me for a ridiculous amount of time just because I haven't seen anyone who looks like me before. And all those issues, um, you know, compound on each other. And so I found it difficult to go through school, to to make friends, and to deal with um, a government system with bureaucracy and, you know, with uh, with people, uh, but, and, you know, such a, a big system with different departments and different um Resources. It took a, a while to figure some of it out and see what was available for for people like me with a disability and and help and support that I could get in different ways. And it was a, a big learning experience. But I happened to go through that adversity and that learning and that uh, overcoming. And now want to give back and share with people the things that I've learned and, and help them in these types of challenges that people have uh, with disabilities. Thanks, Donish. Judith. Please tell us more about your personal story. Well, I hardly know where to begin, of course, but I think I'm most famous for being Canada's first person to get individualized funding from the government so that I could get personal assistance and live outside of a hospital. So that was back in 1980. I have complete quadriplegia from spinal muscular atrophy, which is one of the muscular dystrophy groups. And so even though I had graduated with a master's degree, once I had graduated, I couldn't get a job. And so I ended up living in a chronic care hospital because I couldn't um, get done the things I need to do like the bathing and the toileting and the transportation, anywhere but in a hospital. So I made many friends along the way, and I sat on committees and started uh, Canada's first uh, post-secondary support for people to study academics when they have a disability. I started that service 
at York University in 1977. And so I had all these friends. And when they realized that I was living in a hospital and getting sicker all the time, we got a petition together. And that petition made me the first person in Canada to have government funding so that I can live in my own apartment in the city of Toronto and work in a regular way like other people do. Now, I happen to work as an advocate, so that's not very regular, I guess. But, but my point is that I'm economically and personally viable in spite of the fact that I'm quadriplegia. I'm going back to Donish and asking him to tell us, Donish, or you to tell us more about the successes you've achieved in your career. Yes, I'd, uh, I'd love to. Um, actually, I, I started when I was in grade grade three, and we were given an opportunity to take extracurricular um, uh, activities of interest inside of the classroom, and I was so excited because one of the opportunities was to work on computers. And I didn't know why, but I, I, I felt that I wanted to. I was really eager, but they said no to me. They said I couldn't work on them, and, and they put me into pet care. I don't know why, because I don't really like pets, and to this day still don't. But what makes that story interesting is in grade uh, six, my teacher realized that, hey, I would like to work with computers, so he allowed me to work on computers. And by grade eight, I was uh, tested, and I was at about grade 12 uh, competency. So in grade nine, I took grade 12 computers. And in grade 10, I um, uh, did cooperative education and uh, worked with a business. Um, then I started teaching computers by grade 11. Got, uh, uh, I helped get a patent in biotechnology by the time I was in grade 12 and got a million and a half dollars for a dot-com uh, by the time uh, I was uh, in my 20s. So it was a, a, a real, uh, you know, all these great successes were amazing. It was a great journey. But imagine what would have been possible if I started back in grade 4 instead of grade 8. <laughs> where, where could I be right now? The, the dot-com bubble burst, and I, I ended up shifting my career uh, back in 2002, and I wrote a book, which became a bestseller and then became a motivational speaker. And today I um, work in the personal development industry, inspiring people and showing entrepreneurs how to be successful, happy, and fulfilled. Judith, it's the same question for you. Please tell us more about you, your successes, the successes you've achieved. Well, I mentioned a couple. The first was to start Canada's first support for academic achievement for people with disabilities at a post-secondary level. Those were called learning centers. And um, there are many in Canada now that I started. The first one in 1977. The second thing was becoming a person that could get uh, funding from the government. And since then, hundreds of people across Canada, and perhaps even thousands of people, because I don't have access to all the numbers, but certainly hundreds of people now live and work in the community rather than being assigned to hospitals. Um, after that, I became a strong advocate for support circles because it was through having a circle of people who supported me, um, not physically, but socially and politically. It was through that that I was able to accomplish 
get in your money and get in my life together. So I, I realized that having those kinds of circles is a powerful strategy for people when they've been labeled disabled. So I became uh, very uh, internationally uh, known as the person who helped people start circles. And then after that, there were the housing, um, the technical housing advocacy that you mentioned in your introduction. That was a project where we worked in the state, actually, and helped hundreds of people who were labeled developmentally disabled get the money together to buy their own homes. Um, <laughs> I've uh, written three books. I've had an art show at the Royal Ontario Museum that we focused on inclusion and on facilitated art. And I don't know, I think that's it. <laughs> Judith, I'm going to stop you there, and I'm just going to say that you've both been talking about <clears throat> earning your livings, and it's time for us to do that because we have to take a short break. This is where we pay our rent. So here goes. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Donish Ahmed and Judith Snow. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you ever felt that it's time to get out of the box? Why are you putting that project off? It's already there in your mind. What are you going to do today to change your life tomorrow? Listen for Live Your Life with Melissa Brown. Get ready to expand the capacity of your heart and mind. Move yourself beyond the mundane and get prepared to do what you've been called to do. There is no time like the present, and the whole world is waiting for you. Tune in Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Donish Ahmed and Judith Snow. Our topic is the political party for people with special needs. So now let's talk about the political party for people with special needs. Donish, please tell us about the party and your work with it. 
Great. Well, in 2006, my best friend, Dan King, approached me uh, with this idea to create this political party. And uh, I was I was intrigued, but actually, to be honest, not terribly excited because I didn't know the type of impact that we could actually create. But, you know, having other successes in my life and wanting to make a difference for people, we decided to move forward. And in 2007, uh, we ran in the elections, and we actually beat half the other independent parties. It was really great. Now, some might say, well, you beat half the other parties, it doesn't really matter because you weren't in the top three and, and you didn't get any seats. Well, what happened is actually is we got a lot of exposure and we got a lot of people interested in our cause and our mission, which is really the result that we're after. And what we realize is that we don't need to get a seat. What we need is to create awareness and an exposure and help people, help families that have disabilities. And so we did, actually, in, in, in the last five years, we raised over two and a, two, $2.4 million uh, for families who have people with disabilities, knowing about the different government programs that are available and how to do taxes and, and giving them all this counsel, advice, and guidance. And, and to me, that's the biggest difference that we could uh, possibly possibly make is in the lives of those families who, who deserve and, and need that money that's, that's owed to them. And, and so that inspired me to... Uh, become more active in the party, and we got more people interested, like Judith and a bunch of other people, to the point that now we believe in the next election it's possible to have a host slate of candidates running in each riding and, and possibly get on the media and make a difference in, a, in an even greater way. Right. Judith, please tell us how and why you became involved with the party. Well, I became involved because of Thomas and Dan, they basically asked me if I would help do some fundraising, which I've done now for two years. And I got really interested in being active in the party itself because um, I think that one of the major barriers to people is not the so-called disability, but it's the, it's the way that you come to think of yourself and how other people think of you. And so by being part of a political campaign, people get to find out that, you know, they have have confidence that they can run an election, that they can speak up for themselves, that they have uh, something to say about the way the world runs, and that they they actually have a platform during the election to get those issues stated. But really, for me, it's a powerful uh, empowerment judge for people. Donish, what are the political objectives of the party? Well, the political objective is one to uh, create awareness and to help people with disabilities have a voice um, in the political scene. So we know, for example, that it's it's challenging for people with disabilities to be a functional society and even more challenging for them uh, to run in politics because of the, the work that's required. However, you know, there's a growing population of people with disabilities and, and people who, who need that kind of representation. So we created this party to to house that infrastructure and to help people who want to have a voice by by not just uh, being a political pro- platform, but being mentors and and doing the the work, the administrative work, the logistics, all the running around for candidates, so that they can have a voice without uh, a lot of the legwork that's required. 
Um, another objective is to have other parties uh, be aware of us and see the issues that we're bringing to the table. And, and this is a very interesting strategy because you know, other parties, like the, the Green Party, for example, has raised certain issues. And they may not have gotten all the seats that they wanted, but they've had other parties uh, realize how important those issues are and change their policies because of it. And we see the potential of that happening because we are a growing segment of the population. Uh, other parties and other uh, decision makers will be looking at us. And when we raise issues that are relevant and important and significant uh, to uh, our population that need change, then they will implement those changes if it, if it makes sense. And, and that's really exciting because it means that we really have a way to make a difference in the governance of our country and our province. Judith, what's the yeah. biggest social advance you want the party to achieve? Uh, we need a huge breakthrough in the economics around everybody, of course, but people with disabilities in particular, because it's poverty that stands in the way of most people. And it's because of a circular kind of way that people think. For example, and I've written a blog about this called, oh, but that's another story. But just to give you one example, there's a woman that I know really well. She's very intelligent. She uses a wheelchair. She's been very active in high school. And all of the clubs have got a very uh, good, uh, she graduated with very good marks. And yet she cannot get a job outside of doing certain committee work, most of which is unpaid. And that committee work is always involved in some issue around disability. There is no reason that she shouldn't be doing a very good executive job in any company anywhere in the town that she lives. Now, that's, that means on, on the one hand that she's uh, limited by the fact that she's poor because she can't get a job. But secondly, it also means that nobody else is getting the advantage of her participation in society. Now, you know, there are thousands of stories like that because people with disabilities make up approximately 17% of the population. So it's not a single path, but it all does lead to the fact that we're economically excluded in society, and we need, uh, we need not more welfare. What we need is, is the government to take seriously the job-creating and job-finding strategies to really put teeth in the accessibility uh, legislation that says that companies have to make their jobs accessible to people. And all that kind of policy-making has to be done for real and not for show. Donish, I want to go back to you. You talked about, you mentioned voice, you talked about it. Um, that must mean that working for and arguing for and promoting the 
very kind of things that Judith has been talking about, that is combating poverty and creating opportunity, is the sort of thing that the party will use the voice for. First of all, is that right? And secondly, what are the other things that uh, the party will use voice for? That's absolutely right. And, you know, we, are, we think about this as a community. So as our community grows, uh, the input from each of the members will contribute and be part of, of what we're about. Because, you know, that's, that's what pol- this political democratic system is supposed to be about, is representation. And so we encourage people to uh, connect with us and contact us, whether it's through, be through our websites or through telephone, anything, to get uh, your concerns and, and the things that you want uh, portrayed in our message to be part of our message. We're very open and uh, we're, we're young and we're, we're very organic, but we're very determined to um, make a difference. And, and, um, and so that's, that's what we're all about. Right. Now, Judith, back to you. You're talking about um, this person you know and value highly who can't get a job, uh, even though she has the capabilities to do a sophisticated type of job. Now, I want to ask you a general question that arises out of that. Mm -hmm. It's it's a difficult one. Um, Is any of this, that is that sense that people with disabilities can't work, is that any kind of prejudice or stigmatization, do you think? Oh, yeah, Um, absolutely. Um, The whole concept... A disability is that there's something you can't do, and it creates this mental barrier that people look at you and say, well, I can see that you can't do one thing. Like, for example, people can see that daughters can't see, but then they globalize that and say, well, if you can't see, I guess there's nothing you can do. In my case, I can't walk and I can't use my hands. So people will literally not even talk to me. They'll talk to the person beside me because they just psychologically feel that I'm not really there. So now you take that and you add to it that the, that the government makes a lot of money by having us be unemployed. Now, I'm serious about that. There's a lot of money in the system to keep us from having jobs and from having homes. But when you take that into consideration, there are huge barriers to people participating in society. And those barriers are not created by our physical or our cognitive difficulties. They're created by the system setting us up as being helpless. That raises another question, and that is... (laughs) Why we haven't recognized the power of what you've been saying, and that is the sense that the government is making money out of uh, holding people like you and Donish back. Uh, Also, it's spending a lot of money supporting what I used to be, doctors and all the other healthcare professionals uh, providing services. So my very quick question to Donish is, let's Let's ask you this. What is it that you're going to say? Um, what's the voice? What are the words for that voice to address this upside down view of people with um, challenges and disabilities? What's the voice word you're going to use? Well, 
Danish? Well, I, I think it's just um, awareness and education. It's um, having people be aware of, of these challenges, first of all, because so many people don't know about them. They just become victim to them without realizing what's going on. And then they become frustrated and complacent and don't try anymore. Rather than maybe educating them or working with them and saying, hey, this is this might be a particular barrier, but there's this other path we can take. There's this other department we can contact. There's other resources that they might not be aware of. And you know, it's, it's a strategy of how do you deal with this massive giant called the government, and, and you're not going to change it overnight. But what we can do is look at different pieces and, and modify certain um, pathways and gateways so that it becomes a better system over time. Right. Now, talking of time, it's time for us to take our break once more. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Donish Ahmed and Judith Snow. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Danish Ahmed and Judith Snow. Our topic is the political party for people with special needs. Let's talk more about the methods and resources of the political party for special needs. Danish, you first. What are the party's plans for the next provincial election? Well, we don't know exactly when the next uh, political election is going to be. That's kind of up in the year. Uh, but our uh, our plan is is to have as many candidates as possible. And uh, if it's if it's in the spring, uh, then we probably will have uh, every uh, every writing fulfilled uh, with candidates. And that's very exciting because that's going to get the attention of a lot of people and and the media. Because in the last couple of elections, um, we were a new party, and now we're not just going to be a party that's consistent and and in, in, in there making 
can happen, but a party that uh, has has mass and has uh, a much bigger voice. So we're really excited about that. We have conference calls going every week uh, with people strategizing and coming up with ideas to get more exposure, to uh, make make more of a difference, and to um, encourage more people to uh, contact us and and uh, apply to be uh, a representative of our party. We're, we're really open to that, and if anyone on this call would like to be a part of, of our party, they don't necessarily have to have a disability. They could have a family member or a friend with a disability or even just have a passion for the cause, and that would really make a difference not only uh, for our entire community but our entire society. Judith, we hear a lot whenever there's an election being talked about, about the amount of money that the political parties spend getting publicity for themselves. Now, how is your party going to get the publicity it's going to need? Well, we've got our website, we've got social networking, and of course we've got a network of people around the province. Um, people keep hearing about us through Facebook, and one person finds another person. Like, we've all known each other over the years, one way or another, whether we ended up in the same group homes or segregated classrooms or whatever it might be, we've met each other over the years. So, bit by bit, we keep finding people. What about television, radio and television, Judith? Uh, how are you going to get through to them? Well, I'm not 100% sure yet. We're working on all this. But I do know that the cable, the local cable in each community, is required to cover a local uh, a provincial election. So at the very minimum, our candidates are going to be able to get piped into people. Uh, cable television in their homes everywhere in the province. So it's an amazing opportunity for people to tell their story and to talk about the issues and to get support for us to change things. Right. Danish, you talked about the kind of people who could join the party, support the party. Um, I want to ask you the question a little more broadly. Who are the people from whom the party seeks support, and how big is this population of people? Well, you know, I, I would say that that we seek support from everybody, um, and because it, because everybody's affected by this. Uh, I mean, first of all, just because somebody supports one political party doesn't prevent them from supporting another party. So, uh, so that's one big point. I, I hope people realize that if they support a cause, they can you know donate to more than one charity. And similarly, if they if they are aligned and want to support. Uh, people with special needs than to contribute uh, to our party in, in various ways. But even more than that, you know, the, the statistic that we can look at, and there's a variety of different statistics, but it's about 10 to 15 percent of the population right now that uh, has uh, a disability. And a lot of the people 
who have disabilities, it's not really evident to them, that, uh, to others, that they have a disability. So my disability, for example, may be visible because I'm an albino and people can tell that I'm an albino or people can tell that Judith is in a wheelchair. But there's lots of disabilities that are emotional or psychological or mental health issues. And so it's not really obvious with a lot of people that have disabilities that, that they have them. And there might be friends of people who are listening to the call uh, who have disabilities or, or associates or business partners, and they might not be even aware of it. And what's happening is we're realizing that the number of people with disabilities has actually been increasing over the years, particularly because we have a growing seniors population. So as more and more people, more and more baby boomers are becoming seniors and we have more seniors, we're going to have more people with disabilities. So uh, automatically, I think we cater to the, the growing senior population just because mm-hmm. of, of that reason. And, and all those seniors have children. So as children of those, of those seniors, we should be concerned about the technologies and the health care and the medical um, availability and the governance that's going to be available for our parents. Judith, what's the party's message about labeling people with special needs as disabled? What's your message? Uh, you know, that's one of those messages that can be different depending on who you're talking to. And we're cool with that. I personally don't call myself disabled because I think that I'm a very able person. And just the fact that I'm quadriplegic doesn't mean that I don't have abilities. But I know that other people really prefer to call themselves disabled because they want people to recognize that they have a legitimate place in society just as they are, and that name works for them. And that's okay for our, our party. We've chosen the name People with Special Needs because it kind of covers the whole territory. But we're not excluding people either because they would or they wouldn't label themselves. Right. Danish, I'm going back to you now. Um, the people that you're wanting to support you, to recruit, to get voting for the candidates in every riding in the next election, include family caregivers. And here I have to admit to uh, a certain bias in that this show, that you're, we're, which we're honoured to have you as guests um, talking today, uh, is called Family Caregivers Unite. And... As both of you know, in certain circumstances, family caregivers are maybe the people who really most understand the kind of challenges that you've been talking about for people whose um, challenges, disabilities, whatever word we use, aren't so obvious. Uh, and particularly, and you mentioned them, the mental health, the psychological, and those kind of areas. So, Donish, what's your message for family caregivers who might be listening to this show right now? Well, my message is, is to uh, give them a little bit more hope and to insp- and maybe inspire them. And, and you know, there's lots of um, challenges we have in our in life, and and there's also resources uh, available in life to help us cope and deal with some of those challenges. And and I think that most people listening to this probably never heard of our political party. And here's a, another vehicle that could possibly make a difference um, for your family because uh, of of the niche that we address. And and I think that's huge. And maybe and maybe even if it's not um, the person listening specifically, again, it could be someone that they know. And the key to really 
causing change in the world is to share messages of hope with other people. And the more we, we share possibility and new resources that we learn about and, and new communities that we discover, the more that becomes available to everybody in our society. And there's, there's a paradigm that uh, I think, an analogy that I think is true, which is, you know, the weakest link breaks a chain. And in our society, uh, it's, we're all in this together. We are all one, and we got to make the society work for everybody. The model of our party is that when we help people with disabilities, we help everybody, because, mm-hmm. because really we, we, we have to. Everybody needs to be taken care of in the society, and then, they can, and then everybody takes care of each other. It's actually uh, an upward spiral instead of a downward spiral, but not by not seeing people as disabled, but by seeing them as, as people that, uh, that can integrate and be uh, functional members of society, that's how we create a paradigm shift and create a world that works for everyone. Right. Judith, I'm still talking about family caregivers. Mm-hmm. Are there situations in which people who have disabilities or um, have special needs, however they're referred to and whatever they are, can be also themselves family caregivers. Does that situation exist? Well, yeah, it's very interesting. I didn't think of myself as a family caregiver at all until I was actually here growing razor with me a couple of months ago. But uh, both of my parents at different times passed away in a long-term care uh, place and especially with my father and his declining years over the last five or six years, I made a commitment to spend more and more time with him and to do whatever I could to support his full participation in society in whatever way he chose. And um, it became a really interesting dialogue for he and I around learning what I knew about participation, but transferring that knowledge and his experience to him being an older person. Um, And I really do think that when older people realize that it's not their age, but the fact that they have the same issues to get support to participate, as a younger person who's been labeled disabled, that when older people get that, that really what we face is a need for better support, that then they will ally with us, the younger ones, and we can make a huge breakthrough in how um, situations are structured for people who have needs for support to participate. In other words, when older people get that they have so-called special needs, just like I do or Donish does, you know, there were in the same boat, really. But I don't know if that answers your question. Yes it, yes, it did. And I'm going back to Donish very quickly. Donish, um, we mentioned that your family had, uh, had certain disabilities and so on. Did you find yourself personally in the role of a family caregiver? Well, um... I'm, I'm the, the second youngest of, of, of seven, so I felt I was uh, taken care of because, like I was saying before, both my parents were working full-time and really just trying to make ends meet, so I was taken care of by my older 
two uh, older sisters. My oldest sister actually uh, actually has albinism herself. Two or three out of the seven of us do. So it was it was tough because it's like the blind trying to lead the blind, <laughs> and and you know. The, but it does make a difference. You know, even if you have other people with disabilities helping people with disabilities, that's still better than someone with a disability trying to make it on their own. And, and um, you know, and that's the start. And uh, we, we take help from whoever we can get and uh, try to make the best of it. And I think, just to summarize back to you, and I think you also give help wherever you can and you can't. And I think, just to comment back to you both, that sense that, uh, when the time came and the need arose, you became helpers or fam- family members around you became helpers. And in that way, the group of you um, were able to make progress in caring for each other. And I think that's a very profound message, especially for these times. Now, once again, time... Uh, The tyranny of time is with us, so we have to take a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are Donish Ahmed and Judith Snow. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Donish Ahmed and Judith Snow. Our topic is the political party for people with special needs. I want to hear now from you both about the benefits to society as a whole of the party's political objectives. You first, Donish. What do you see as the benefits to all of society of what the party is seeking to achieve? Well, one thing I I think is compassion. Uh, You just talked before about how uh, when people sometimes... um, uh, are approaching her in a group, they don't address her or acknowledge her, and I've had the same experience. It's, it's you know, it, for someone who doesn't have a disability, it might be uh, something difficult to relate with, but it's, it's a very, 
very uncomfortable and um, undesired feeling to have other people of society you know, just not even acknowledge your existence. Um, and and it's not through any necessarily necessary fault of their own, but it's a it's a matter of cultural conditioning. So what we like to do is is to break some of those conditions. We like to make people aware of the success stories of people with disabilities. We like mm-hmm. to make people aware of the accomplishments of the people with disabilities have had, and also to let them know just about regular people uh, who who may fall into that category and how functional they are in society, and that it's not a media stereotype that people. Uh, with disabilities are, are not functional, um, and we so we want to change that, and and we think we are by having people like Judith and myself um, really taking a stand um, and and being the leaders of of this community. And as we grow, we're going to get more and more of people like that. It's going to be very exciting because I think it's going to not only then create compassion, but get to the point of creating hope and a new possibility because they're going to see that, wow, you know, these people, they they might not have um, something that I've taken for granted, but they have all these other things that can benefit society in various ways. It's going to give uh, new light to what's possible in, I think, transforming our world. Judith, it's the same question. What do you see as the benefits to all of society of what the party is seeking to achieve? Well, there's so many benefits. Um, I did some research on inclusive education back in the 90s, and very regular statistics show that classrooms that are inclusive, that is where children with different abilities, uh, academically speaking, are learning together, the academic achievement in that whole school goes up. That's, that's one example. Um, when people are less poor, uh, and we're saying, you know, that right now, because so many people are labeled disabled, they're almost all poor. So if you took away that poverty, you've got a much better functioning economy. And then there's the issues around support. Like when people get that, they can do a lot more if life is more accessible and if regular support is available to people on the job and in regular communities, then our world becomes way more um, available to everybody. There's fewer barriers. So one of the accomplishments that we want to push is to have Ontario be genuinely accessible and not just apparently so on paper. Um, I don't know, there's so many things. Like everywhere where people are inclusive, things get easier for everybody, whether they're directly involved or not. So when we are more a part of society, the whole society, it will become a better place to be in. Right. Donish, what's your message, your message, to the community of persons with special needs? Our message is that we, we know how you feel. We are a group of people who also have special needs and have had many of the same challenges in life that, that you're having, that only people with special needs or possibly family members could relate to. And we know how challenging it can be. We know how difficult and frustrating it can be. And that 
we are here to make a difference. We're here to help. We're another resource, not the only resource, of course, but another resource that you can tap into to make a difference for yourself and your community and our society. But it does take a little bit of effort, and that effort is to get in contact with us um, because we don't know your contact information, but we'll definitely give you ours. And when we do and you get in contact with us, then we have uh, a new a new co-creative power because, you know, two minds are better than one, and we want to work together to, to make a difference. Uh, we've been doing it. We're going to continue to do it, and we're... Um, we're going to be a stand for people with special needs, and we're going to make this party come on the map, and we're really excited about that. We'd love for you to be a part of it. Great. Judy, same question. What's your message to the community of persons with special needs? My message is that now is the right time. It's uh, because we can get good public exposure during an election campaign. Uh, now is the right time to speak up to say what the barriers are that are in your way, to say what it is that would make a difference, to point out what your abilities and capacities are, and to show what a difference you can make in society yourself. In other words, this will be an automatic platform for anybody who's been labeled to get out and make a public statement about themselves personally and about what's possible for people with disabilities. Well, right now is the time to get out there and speak up. Right. Now, I'm going to ask you both an, an, a kind of leading question, and it's this. Um, very often, politicians knock at your door wanting the vote, your vote, um, and maybe they'll send you, after they've been elected, the occasional no, note or letter <laughs> to say how well they're doing. But apart from that, it's as though you don't exist <laughs> between elections. I'm being a bit hard, but there's an element of more than an element of truth in that. Now, Donish, is the party political party for people with special needs going to go on providing services of some kind to the community of persons uh long after you've triumphed in the election? Donish? Yeah, well absolutely. In in fact, providing services is a priority for us. Um, it always is, it has been because we feel we make more of a difference that way. You know, whether or not we get elected, um, so you know that would be great, but it will really be secondary to uh, helping people and helping families with disabilities uh, get the, the services and the finances and the support that they need to lead functional, fulfilling lives. That's much more important. Right. Judith, what are the kind of services that you would have in mind that the party would offer between elections? Well, one of the things we're doing right now is supporting people to get access to um, financial support that often they don't know exists. Things like the registered uh, disability, I'm not saying it right, what is it? The RDSP, Registered Disability Support Pension. Yep. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> or to find out what is available to them on their tax form. Um, people often don't realize or don't feel that they have the ability to fill out these forms properly. And banks often don't spend any time with them because they don't see the advantage to the bank of doing it. But we do that. We support people to get these financial supports 
Those are already available to them, but they don't realize it. So we'll continue to do work like that. Uh, in the past, I've done um, workshops for people around building support circles and being a better advocate. I will continue to do that between the lessons. Great stuff. Now, we unfortunately are coming to the end of this um, episode of Family Caregivers Unite. And so the first thing that I want to say to you both is thank you um, for telling us your stories in such an open way, for showing us, demonstrating to us your abilities, your capabilities, and your leadership. And so therefore, when I wish you continued success... I wish it you personally as individuals, but I also wish it you politically as a party that all those things that you've been talking about and all those methods that you're going to be using and all those people that you're going to be appealing to, I wish them, I beg them to support you, not only for the things you've been talking about, but because of the benefits to all of society that you've so carefully and well identified so in every respect i want you um if i can put it this way this is a language that the labor movement that i used to be involved with used to use i urge you to keep up the struggle because it always will be a struggle because that's politics but you've come so far in such an impressive way that the ahead the road ahead is looking very good now, I want to say thank you again personally to you both um, because what you've said is powerful. I want to wish you the success in between the elections of doing all the work you're doing, of creating the services, of earning your livings, um, fighting poverty, um, challenging people's assumptions, and just generally getting your message out. Thank you. Our website is www.ppsn.on.ca. So that stands for World Wide Web dot Party for People with Special Needs dot Ontario dot Canada. www.ppsn.on.ca. They could also contact me directly if they like on my telephone, which is six four seven. Four three nine five zero one one. That's my direct line, and I'm very open. You can call me anytime. Six four seven four three nine five zero one one. Right. I also want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear ideas about topics, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. And in our next episode, we'll talk about mild cognitive impairment, truly a family affair. So please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 